Risk is ever-present in the healthcare environment. From patient safety issues like falls to privacy issues like HIPAA breaches, providing healthcare always comes with a certain level of risk. So how do we manage risk in a smaller environment where the stakes are higher for each individual patient we care for? With consistent reporting, patient advocacy, and safe processes. I'm Rachel Lott. And I'm J.J. Hodshire. And this is Rural Health Rising. Welcome to Episode 27 of Rural Health Rising. I'm J.J. Hodshire, President and Chief Executive Officer for Hillsdale Hospital. And I'm Rachel Lott, Director of Marketing and Development. So risk management is one of the elements of running and sustaining healthcare organizations that isn't always thought about. Uh, In fact, it's often an afterthought uh, as we get busy in our industry and in our business and focus just directly on delivering those services. But we understand that it's there, um, but it's not usually a major topic in a discussion that people want to focus on when discussing healthcare operations and challenges. Right. Even discussing risk feels risky, but today we're in good hands because we're talking with someone who has decades of experience in the rural healthcare environment, specifically here in Hillsdale. I affectionately like to call her the queen of Hillsdale Hospital. Well, our guest today is Doris Worley, Director of Risk Management, Patient Advocacy, and Recipient Rights here for Hillsdale Hospital. And welcome to Rural Health Rising, Doris. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate um, this chance to be able to speak with you about this this morning. So, Doris, to start, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and your work at Hillsdale Hospital? You've done a lot of things here over the years. I have done many things. Um, I have actually been here this summer, 53 years at the hospital. I spent 20 years in the emergency room. I've worked just about every unit in the hospital since I first started. I have been um, the patient advocate about three different times. I have been the recipient rights advisor twice. I was the director of nursing for about 15 years. Um, I've uh, been uh, chief of quality, patient safety, and I have actually been doing risk management now at the hospital now for 26 years. So now that we've established who you are and what you do, and uh, obviously a long, successful career, let's start with the why. Now, we do this on every episode uh, so that our listeners get to know our guests just a little bit better. So what is your why? What motivates you? What gets you up out of bed in the morning? Well, I, I really do. I mean, people ask me why, um, after 53 years, why haven't you retired yet? Um, because I, I love what I do. And I, when, when I uh, passed up the job of director of nursing, it's because I was doing director of nursing and risk management at the same time. The CEO that we had at that time felt that those positions should be separated. And so giving it some thought, risk management is something that I have loved, and that is something I wanted to stick with. So I chose to um, pass that baton on to somebody else to be the, the director of nursing, and I chose to stick with risk because it is something that people don't think about on a daily basis. They don't like to think about risk. They're too busy concentrating on on what they need to do, and, mm-hmm. and risk is not 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 even in their in their forefront uh, unless something happens. Right, and then they start thinking about 
well, maybe I should have thought about this sooner. So let's talk about that. When we when we talk about the word risk and risk management in healthcare environment, you know, what are we really talking about? I mean, it's a pretty broad spectrum of issues and something that you have to monitor and handle each and every day. But what is it? It is, I mean, reducing risk can be many, many different things. We're looking at um, risk to our patients. We're looking at reducing risk for our staff. We're looking at risk um, to our environment um, and being proactive and looking at things that could potentially be a risk for any of those areas and preventing them from happening in the first place. Obviously, when some people think of risk, they think of malpractice. So that is one of the things that we certainly always want to have at the forefront, thinking what we can do to make sure that our patients are getting the best care so that we can do reduce the risk of possible malpractice in the future. So like we said, you've spent your entire career here at Hillsdale Hospital. So you've specifically been in the rural healthcare environment. But from your, you know, understanding and expertise when it comes to risk management in the broader healthcare industry, how do in your mind and from your perspective, how do the challenges we face with risk management differ from urban and suburban hospitals? Are we dealing with different issues altogether or just on a different scale? What is that comparison? I think we differ on a little bit of a different scale because we are a small rural hospital and um, people have a tendency to, I don't know if they have a tendency to expect more, but I think in a sense they they do because we are closer knit. Mm -hmm. They could be closer knit to their their providers and, and obviously in a close knit community. Like it's more personal. You get family members and you get friends that start encouraging patients, you know, if something does go wrong. And honestly, things do go wrong on occasion. So how do you marriage together this idea of protecting the hospital in risk management, yet still admitting when we're wrong? Because we get it wrong sometimes, right? Sure. We do. How do you we're balance not, We're that? not perfect. My, my goal is to make sure that, um, as it is all our goal, is to make sure that we have quality providers, that we have quality staff that are taking care of our patients, that we provide compassionate care to our patients and treat our patients as if they were a member of our family. It is extremely important that providers communicate with patients, with staff, and with each other. Communication, as we know, generally is 90% of all problems that occur is because of lack of communication. It is extremely important that our physicians properly inform our patients when they're going to have a procedure and make sure they understand the risks. Complications can happen in a procedure, but that does not mean that somebody did something wrong. And I think it's extremely important that patients understand that because some people think if there's a complication that it's automatically because something did something wrong. Um, and that that's not the case. And I think one of the most important things on the flip side of that, then, is if something does happen, we have to be extremely transparent with our patients. We, have to, we don't hide things. We have to be upfront. We have to be honest. We have to tell them 
what happened. Um, that has happened in the past, and um, and and it 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 does help um, in in the long run when you're honest with patients, and not that you're always trying to get hopefully hoping that your honesty will prevent somebody from, you know, moving forward with the lawsuit. But sometimes the honesty does prevent that because they're very appreciative. So what I hear you say is, you know, we're in a highly litigious environment in healthcare. We are. We One have been. Highest, we right? have been for years. I, we are. We are very fortunate in our hospital that in our area that we don't have a lot of uh, of malpractice cases like the bigger institutions do. Um, um, I I hear from our attorney that we've worked with for many years that some of the bigger hospitals have hundreds and hundreds wow. of cases you know, going at a time. And I feel very fortunate that we don't. So with that, what about the stakes here at Hillsdale Hospital? We know that uh, with our patient experience survey scores, uh, with a low volume of patient experience uh, coming into the hospital during COVID, right? Uh, So one bad experience can really throw out the whole score. And so that's very concerning, correct? So almost every patient, every time always is our philosophy. We've got to get it right every time. And with that concept, you know, uh, when you have a pretty small sample size like we do, especially during things like COVID, um, does that same concept apply to risk management? That just, you know, if you have all these cases that we're doing, if we just get one, then that's a problem. That's not a problem. Can you explain a little bit about, you know, are we more vulnerable because we're small? Uh, I I think in some cases we are, um, especially during the last year with COVID. Um, people have people have gotten tired and they've gotten frustrated because we've you know we've had to limit limit visitors and people have gotten a little bit angrier um, and they have a hard time understanding. Frankly, everybody's getting tired, and um, so we do have to. Um, understand that a little bit more and try to communicate a little bit better with our with our visitors and with our families and do everything possible we can so that they can maintain that that relationship. But you know, y- unique to rural healthcare is you you shared with us that some of your colleagues from around the state and even country, you know, they have hundreds of cases and we may only have one case going at a time. But that one case could really impact a small rural hospital's bottom line, couldn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it could be very, very, very devastating. And sometimes sometimes large malpractice cases close institutions. Yes, they do. They and that's really very do. concerning. So for a chief executive officer who's listening to this, a senior leader uh, somewhere across America right now, you know, what advice would you give them uh, when they're looking at their risk management program? I, I think everybody needs to be proactive. Um, they need to be transparent w- with their patients and um, admit admit when they're wrong. Do we do that here? Yes, we do. And so when we make a mistake, uh, what is the process after we make a mistake? Do we just move on? We will typically do what's called a root cause analysis. We will take that situation and literally break it down piece by piece by piece to see what happened and to see what we can do to prevent it from happening again in the future. Same way with uh, we get uh, comment cards from patients all the time. Um, JJ uh, reviews those every single card. 
um, I follow up on complaints, and and I, admittedly, I have gotten um, feedback from patients that I've called that says, well, well, you work for the hospital. I said, you're absolutely correct. I do work for the hospital, but I am here for the patient. I am the patient advocate, and I am here for you first. So what a, what a balancing act for you. You not only have to mitigate the risk, set through the depositions, but you also advocate for the patient who maybe there had been some harm done to. And so what, what, a, what an incredible uh, responsibility that is. But we find in small rural hospitals that that's what has to happen. We don't have each of these departments. And so in that advocacy, you know, can you, can you think of a time when you've impacted someone else's life for the positive? And, and maybe share with our listeners today of an experience where you've had a chance to advocate. Because I also know that you're an advocate for our behavioral health unit, correct? Correct. So, so not only do you have to maintain the risk and make sure the managers are doing their job and the leaders are doing the job and staff are doing the job, but you also have to balance that with sometimes people just aren't happy with our services, right? Right. And it may not be that we did anything wrong. So how do you balance all that? Well, I mean, I, I just have to, to, to do the best I can with communicating with them and helping them to understand um, where we are coming from. And um, I will often follow up with a letter and, um, and, and apologize. I mean, I will perception is reality. A patient's perception is, is their reality at the time. And um, I, I have to look at every single complaint as that, that does not mean that every single complaint, that they're 100% correct. But I, the only thing I can do is do my best to provide them with the facts. Um, I get other people involved. And quite often in situations, we will get outside independent people involved to give us so that we're not utilizing our own people within our organization uh, to give us um, their professional objective opinion. We will use outside um, independent people that know nothing about us. Well, I um, think that maintains the integrity of the investigation, it does. right? It does. And it really lets a new perspective look at it. And then it's not you going to the physician, you know, as if you're the authority. Yeah. You have the outside experts. So uh, that, what, what a remarkable work. Yeah, and that really gives us the opportunity to actually improve when something's wrong because if we don't do what's necessary, like bringing in someone independent so that we're not making these decisions with our own perspective on our rose-colored glasses of, well, this is our organization. We could never have done something this wrong or messed something up to in this way or whatever. Then if we have someone independent evaluate that, then we know we have an actual problem that we need to actually fix. And that's the only way to prevent it from happening in the future. And prevention is, you know, the best type of risk management, right? Right. You don't have to deal with the issue after the fact. You have prevented it in the first place. So speaking of, what are some of the ways that we as a hospital that you in particular manage risk on the front end so that we're not in those positions where we have to apologize because we've done things right the first time. How do we limit those sort of issues through managing risk in the beginning? Well, that's like I said, you know, you have to look at the pro, be proactive and look at things that could potentially. Um, for instance, and I mentioned talking about our environmental safety, mm-hmm. we have to make sure that our parking lots are maintained and and different things like that. You don't want to walk through the parking lot and find a great big hole that has not been repaired and somebody falls and gets injured. Right. Um, that truly is 
if we know it's there and we didn't fix it, that's on us. Right. You know, that's we're we're responsible for that. So we just kind of have to look ahead at at those potential things that could go wrong and come up with a plan on how we're going to make sure that they don't. Well, Benjamin Franklin said an ounce of prevention is worth more than a pound of cure. And I think when we consider what we're doing in our industry, you know, prevention is the key. Uh, and having, you know, the team, the environmental services team, the clinical teams come together uh, is critical to to our mission of preventing uh, these type of incidents before they occur. And one of the, th- the other things that I, I get a lot from people if they if something has has occurred, that we have had some responsibility and I will get a lot of, you know, I I don't. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Um, you know, I don't want anybody to get fired. Um, we don't want to sue the hospital, but we want to make sure something like this never happens again to another patient. Right. And so those are the ones where we will typically do like a root cause analysis or many of us will get together numerous times, come up with our plan on how we're going to make sure that this never happens again. And we pass that information back on to the family to show them what we've done to ensure them that they won't ever have to worry that something like this will never happen again to another patient. And that really validates their effort to communicate with you and their desire to make it better in the future. It gives them that peace of mind that they did the right thing by sharing that feedback with the hospital and helping others in the future. And I imagine that creates a much stronger relationship between that patient and our organization moving forward as well as their entire family. And so, we've actually had patients, sorry, we've actually had patients come in and talk to our staff in the past. This was way before COVID. And tell their story mm. about how they were made to feel and that has a huge impact coming from the actual patient rather than does me going to the staff and saying, you know, this patient was upset because um, it has a much greater impact when they hear it from the patient themselves. So today we've learned the importance of advocacy and mitigating risk before they occur and openness and transparency for our patients and our families, and that is critical to a good program in risk management. Today, we are joined by Doris Worley, Director of Patient Advocacy for Hillsdale Hospital. Thanks for joining us today, Doris. You're very welcome, and I appreciate the opportunity. And now for our favorite part of the show, the voice of the patient. For many different reasons throughout her life, Rachel has needed to get her blood drawn. And up until this year, that has never been a good experience for her. The veins in Rachel's forearms are extremely difficult to get to for any skilled nurse or phlebotomist. You have no idea how many times I've been poked and prodded over the years, she said. I could be at the best medical facility known to man, and the nurse there would still miss my vein, which has happened to me too many times, unfortunately. Being from out of state, Rachel could not recall a single time when a nurse or phlebotomist got her vein on the first try, until she went to Hillsdale Hospital. I needed to get my blood drawn at the outpatient lab, Rachel explained. And so when the phlebotomist there told me that she had to go for my forearm, I told her my history with getting poked. She was confident that she can get it. And needless to say, I was skeptical because I've heard that so many times before, only to be disappointed but I gave her a chance. Much to Rachel's shock and awe, 
the phlebotomist at the outpatient lab got her vein on the very first try. You know, for something so small as a needle poke, that was a pretty monumental moment for me, she said. I've had, what, four dozen blood tests in my life? Probably more, who knows? And someone from Hillsdale Hospital in rural Michigan was able to do what nurses and phlebotomists at other hospitals couldn't. That's incredible. Wow, every time I hear a story like that, it just reminds me why we work so hard to do what we do in a rural healthcare environment. The work that we do is having such an important and direct impact on our patients, on their families, on their quality of life. Um, Just being able to hear directly from them as we continue to talk about and explore different issues affecting rural health care, and we advocate for rural health care, hearing from the patients who are directly affected by that work is so important. So before we close, Doris, uh, we like to do a fun segment with each of our guests. So we want to know what is your most rural experience or one of your favorite memories that is unique to rural life? Now, you're putting me on the spot with that one. <laughs> okay, it's, hard to, it's hard for me to um, think of one single experience um, I have thought numerous times over the years that the one time you think you've seen everything, which you can't um, say publicly, <laughs> and then then that you'll see that one thing. I should have written a book, starting <laughs> starting from working in the emergency room. Should have written a book. Thank you again for joining us today, Doris. Next time on Rural Health Rising, we'll have another great discussion with a fantastic guest, so be sure to tune in. And as a reminder, we are collecting patient testimonials to be featured during our Voice of the Patient segment. If you have an experience to share about the positive impact you or your loved one has had as a patient at a rural hospital or healthcare provider, call our direct-to-voicemail line at 269-447-1265 or email us at marketing at hillsdalehospital.com and share your story. You just might be featured on a future episode of Rural Health Rising. And with that, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell others why they should listen too. Your feedback helps more listeners find Rural Health Rising. So until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay strong. Rural Health Rising is a production of Hillsdale Hospital in Hillsdale, Michigan, hosted by J.J. Hodshire and Rachel Lott. Audio engineering and original music by Kenji Ulmer. Special thanks to today's guest, Doris Worley, Director of Risk Management, Patient Advocate, and Recipient Rights Advisor for Hillsdale Hospital. For more interviews like this and for more information or to share your patient or family testimonial with us, visit RuralHealthRising.com.